0: On today's Patriot Nation podcast, just me and bags today. We're talking some Patriots. Obviously, we're going to talk some Bucks as well. A little Brady versus Belichick discussion today, so that should be interesting. And also, kind of the future of the football team. Obviously, don't know if this season looks great, but what do we what do we see? What do we envision for the future? It's a heck of a conversation. So buckle up and cue the music. back receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands, he has Pass. Wilson,
1: quick throw, and it's good! Intercepted! Intercepted!
0: Right, Bags, hope you had a good Thanksgiving, man. Uh, yeah, you one too. Of those, one of those things, man, dude. I always tell people, I'm like, listen, you know, my hope for you is that you fall asleep on the couch watching football. And it sounds like you did that exact same thing.
1: I did. I did fantasy football talk. I know some people don't play, so sometimes it's it's irrelevant for our podcast, but I had, uh, I'm, in, I'm battling right now. One and four. I was one and four. I'm seven and four, playing for first place this week. Killing it and I had Deshaun Watson lit it up went against Will Fuller uh but then I had Amari Cooper I had my Thanksgiving dinner around three passed out I had like 60 texts for my buddies missed Amari Cooper's nice 68 yard touchdown or whatever it was uh so yeah I did that I passed out and I think it's just I don't know it was a for us we stayed home we usually have my mother's side over um you know she's one of three so they're kids and you know Usually have a good Thanksgiving. Obviously, this year's circumstances are different. So it was just us four. Um, It was really weird. Really weird. Didn't feel like Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, The weather wasn't great, too. Right? Like, it just summed up 2020 perfectly. But, I mean, we had a good day. We had a good dinner. Chilled out. Watched some football. Definitely some much needed rest. But this whole week, like, or I guess long weekend, I guess you could call it, I've just been chilling on the couch, just, like, doing nothing. And I kind of don't don't mind it. We're recording now at 3 o'clock on a Friday. When have we ever done that?
0: No, oh, it's nice. It's really nice. You know, and that's, and we kind of did the same thing, got out, to, took a nice hike this morning um, with the kids and the dog and, and just got out and just enjoying it, man. And like you said, it's, it's definitely weird. It's uh-huh. a weird, it's different, but, but it's been nice to just kind of relax and none, none of like the crazy running around and going to see these people and going to see those people and doing, you know, seeing the in laws and seeing these people and seeing those people. And it's like, you know, it's just like it was just chill. It was nice yeah. to just like relax. You know, I mean,
1: I I love I I'm such a sucker for like this time of year though. Like I love Christmas. Okay. I love you know. I mean, everybody does, right? But I don't know. It's just it's it was weird, right? It's been such a rough year, and I guess everyone could have used a a normal. Yeah. And I don't want to sound you know uh, spoiled or anything, but I think everybody could have used a nice Thanksgiving or, and I mean, hopefully maybe. Things are a little bit more calmed down in a few weeks for Christmas. But, it you know, it's kind of trending that way, too, where we'll probably mostly be at home. But, hey, there's always next year.
0: <laughs> right. Well, that's it. You know, and we just hope that next year is back to normal. But but we'll see. But And that's same thing going on. Of course, you know, we were reminded of it last night because, you know, the Ravens-Steelers game gets pushed from Thursday night. Then it got pushed to Sunday. They're going to broadcast it Sunday at one fifteen or something like Like, ridiculous. <laughs> now it looks like it's going to be Tuesday night. So we're gonna have Monday. They're gonna have Sunday night football, Monday night football, Tuesday night football, Thursday night football. It's gonna be made, but and so and we'll see. But I mean, it's like Baltimore's got like a million, like a big outbreak, ton of guys, Lamar, like everyone. They're gonna get. They're gonna lose by a hundred to Pittsburgh we, on Tuesday night.
1: Well, it's the same situation. We thought it kind of not not the same situation, but um, you know two. I don't want to call the Ravens a powerhouse, but they're a very competitive team in the AFC, right? Going against each other with a lot at stake. Yep. Um, similar to to the Patriots going into KC, but I don't know. We haven't seen this for for a really long time. You know, you have people going on and off the COVID list each week, but nothing like what the Ravens have gone through really since Tennessee, which was, was that early October, late September. Like it, you know, they kind of had yeah, it under it was control early in the season, yeah. Um, and obviously the NFL took a big hit for that, but I think since then, um, they've done a pretty good job. Um dealing with this and
0: well that's even get, the no, nah, even the even the Patriots who their game yeah. got pushed back, they only had one guy test positive. Yeah, or maybe two guys test positive before the game. Of course, Stephon Gilmore test positive afterwards. But you know, it's just it was it wasn't a breakout, an outbreak like it was in Tennessee or like in Baltimore right now. And and I think Baltimore had a situation where the strength and conditioning coach was doing things he wasn't supposed to be doing. And that's you know, and that's the big reason for the for the outbreak there. And so of course, frustrating, I'm sure, for everyone involved, including Steelers players, especially Steelers players, I'm sure, because they didn't even do anything wrong. And then you got this guy over here, you know, screwing around and doing something he's not supposed to be doing, and then he gets it and gives it to the players. And so, obviously, a, a frustrating situation for everyone involved, you know?
1: Yeah, but I think looking back, um, I guess people have mixed opinions. I think for me, the Titans was certainly an eye-opening experience. Would they go like 14 days without the, being in their facility that yeah. was really the only team that had a bad outbreak where they had to shuffle around you know crazily I know that well the Patriots missed a game versus Denver but I think that was more precautionary right only a few right. a few guys really got it but I think the the way they're trending now and the way it is now they, they've done a pretty good job considering the circumstances and hats off to the players and staff because um, you know they can't have a normal year right they're not going right. out they're not spending time with friends it seems like they're all business going to practice going to the facility going home and uh, in, in terms of Patriots players, I think they've done a great job.
0: Yeah. And we just talked about it here, right. Is that, you know, having a normal year and, and being able to see family and friends and stuff around this time of year. And of course those guys, you know, they work through Thanksgiving, they work on Christmas sometimes like they have. So, I mean, you know, it's not ever like quote unquote normal for them, but like not even be able to see some of their families, you know, that, that can make it extra challenging and for them to sacrifice those things and, and do what they have to do for, you know, for the betterment of the the team and the league. And so I think that that's something certainly that, uh, that is, that's challenging for them, you know,
1: for sure. And and obviously we saw, um, Houston who started where they start, Oh, and five, Oh, and four. Uh, now they have the same amount of wins as the Patriots after beating them last week, we got together for that game. Good time. Good seeing each other. Mm. Uh, but man, what a tough game. I don't want to harp on it. Obviously Houston's played two games since, since then, since our last show, but, uh, man, it's uh, if 2020 could be summed up, it just yeah. if I could sum it up with one word, it's the Patriots. Like, that's uh, just how that year's been, is how this year's been ups and downs and ups and downs. And that's uh, I, I, I think we talked, uh, was it Tuesday or Monday night? Um, for me, it's I mean, obviously, it helped Miami lost, who you have the tiebreaker with, Las Vegas lost, um. And then Baltimore lost last week. Teams that you have the tiebreaker on that are ahead of you. So it almost makes that loss like it kind of washes for all teams. But it's also an opportunity where they could have gained some ground and really been tied with those teams. If you look at it, obviously they're game out. But when they're tied, the tiebreaker, it's, you know, they're not they don't have to. They can have the same record and get in. So it was a missed opportunity for them last week. And now with Arizona coming into town and them struggling with those. You know, athletic quarterbacks. I don't think they match up too well defensively. I don't think they have the speed and the athleticism, especially on the front seven, to contain a guy like Kyler Murray, who's playing arguably one of the best football in the league right now.
0: Right No, it's going to be a tough matchup. And you said we we did meet up. We didn't even take a picture, which I didn't really. I didn't even think about until later. I was like, oh, what the hell? What was stupid? Didn't even take a picture. But um, but no, it's it's going to be a tough matchup for them. And I think that that's really the biggest issue with me. Look, I think Houston is a better team. Um, You know, since they've since they fired Billy O, they've started playing a lot better. Um, You know, they obviously have some offensive weapons. And I think the defense, my concern is that the defense played very conservatively against Houston. They were extremely worried about Watson running out of the pocket. They didn't play a ton of man to man coverage because of that issue. Right. You play man. I mean, as as everyone knows, you play man and turn your back on the quarterback. Well, if the pocket breaks down, and he takes off, there's nobody there, and he can pick up as many yards as he wants. And so I think they were very nervous about that. and Kyler does maybe even a better job than Watson does of running with the football if the pocket breaks down. So I think that that's something that they're really gonna spend some time on. Uh, and we'll see, you know, I think Kyle Duggar did a really nice job last week and and people have talked about it. Evan Lazard did a nice job of breaking it down uh, for CLNS, but um you know he's he's struggled a little bit in man coverage. He never really was asked to do that in college. So this is something new to him where he's, you know, any, any type of coverage that he's doing, certainly man coverage that he's doing, but him in the running game and him, you know, attacking the football downhill, he looks awesome. And so I wonder if it's a situation where you, you throw him as a spy on, on Kyler from time to time and kind of say, okay, we'll play man, but we'll throw, you know, we'll throw Dugger on on Kyler and see what happens. So, I think that that could be a situation where you could have some success against them, but I mean, my goodness, you know, I know Fitzgerald's not playing, but you know, you have, you have a lot of offensive firepower on that side of the football uh, and you know, a, a tough matchup and running backs that catch the ball while out of the backfield, which has kind of always been a struggle for the Patriots to stop.
1: Yeah. And we, and real quick on Duggar, we were talking when he got drafted and then it came up a couple of times when we were with each other Sunday He's almost a poor man's Jamal Adams, right? I mean, uh, Jamal Adams is an all-pro, but the way he can hunt down the ball carrier and, and play in the second level, pretty
0: good. Yeah. No, and that's it. I mean, that's, you know, he really... I'm excited about him a lot. I think that, you know, there's a lot of young talent on this team. And, and this is something we were talking about off-air that I've had conversations with people about this before is that, you know, people poo-poo the talent on the team and they say, oh, the Patriots have no talent. And they stink and they're this and that and whatever. And all the young guys suck and, and they've done a crap job doing this and doing that. It's like, well, actually, they have a lot of talent on the team. Now, I know they don't have really many good wide receivers. I get it. Okay. I I understand. Damian Harris is like a stud at running back right now. Their offensive line is one of the best offensive lines in football. They're all pretty young, right? For the most part. They have some good players on defense. I think Winovich, uh, you know, struggled a little bit last game, but I think that he is a good young pass rusher. Lawrence Guy in the middle is very good. Adam Butler is very good. You got obviously J.C. Jackson. You got John Jones. Like, they have. Some good players. Plus, you got some rookies coming in, you know, like Duggar, like Onweanu, that that have been making an impact. And so, I think that you know, to to look at this team and say they have no talent, that's not really correct. Yes, they may not have any of that game breaking talent, and of course, you know, the Nikhil Harry pick looks worse and worse by the week. But like the fact is that this is a talented football team in in some different areas, and it's similar to it's similar to a lot of Patriots teams we've seen before. How many times have they had a number one receiver? like Randy Moss, that's it. You know, like obviously Welker was a good player and everything like that. And, and I'll take nothing away from him, but like Welker was the number one receiver. Dion branch, the number one receiver, like they didn't have like a true, legit number one receiver really ever, except for the Randy Moss years. And so that's something that, you know, I think, I think it's a little bit overblown, the lack of talent that's on this team.
1: I think they lack a better term. They lack playmaking ability speed and athleticism at key spots Mm -hmm. wide receiver uh linebacker um tight end right like key key spots for them and in terms of their offense where they could those are that's just where the nfl's trending nowadays with the speed and the athleticism on the offensive side of the ball you need athletic you know Physical linebackers, they just don't have the depth this year. I don't think they'll have it next year. This will be kind of a work in progress. You have to draft really well, maybe sign some guys there. Uh, and then, obviously, wide receiver, Demir Bird's a very good player. Jacoby Meyer is a, great, is a good player. Q player, good story. They're not number ones. They're not number two. Like, they do need – I think that's the biggest issue with them. I don't think it's a talent issue. I think they're like a player or two away at some key spots in which the game – truly matters in today's game, if that makes sense.
0: No, I think it does. I think it does. Absolutely. And one of the things that was great about Brady is that he was able to diagnose the game so well. And you didn't need really those number one guys to win their matchup every time because it was a quick timing. Okay, here's the route we're going to run. We're going to hit this. And Brady was able to diagnose the plays and get it to them. And you don't really have that with Cam. And Cam's looked great throwing the ball down the field. He's played really well the last few weeks. He struggles seeing. He struggles seeing the field. He, he not seeing the field. Quick reads are a struggle for him. It's not one, two, three, boom. The ball's out. That's what Brady did, right? Okay, he's open. Boom, get it to him. That's where and the timing routes were there. Now I know that that requires a lot of practice as well, and that could be something that he might be good at if he comes back next year, if they have a, enough time to work on that and really practice that during the offseason. But that's something that he struggles with this year and so you can work your way around not having a number 1 receiver if you have an offense that's built around those quick routes, those timing routes that the patriots did forever and they haven't had the ability to do that unfortunately really. And so I think that that's definitely a challenge. And look, I mean, there's no doubt. Like they're not they're absolutely missing speed and athleticism in some of those key spots like you said. And I think that that's that's part of the problem. And, and the other thing too is that when you look at a you look at a team like this, you have you don't have any of those game breaking plays, right? You had that long pass to a Bird last week, which was great, but outside of that, you haven't really had any of those plays this year. And so, without that, you need to have a methodical drive down the field, which means everyone needs to be executing at at a, at a very high level for you know ten plays in a row, and that's that's hard to do for any team. Never mind you know a team that lacks some of that skill and athleticism on the outside, and so. I think that, you know, certainly can make it a little more challenging for the Patriots.
1: And it, you mentioned Brady, and I think it's a good opportunity to kind of get into him. We haven't talked much about him this year. Uh, and I think it's interesting from both sides. I think the Patriots, Cam Newton's been been good. Mm. Above my expectations, I think above yours. And I don't think he's been given the best opportunity to succeed g- considering the circumstances this offseason. We've talked about it. I don't think the, t- the style of offense that they're running with him is necessarily a scheme fit, right? Timing, get the ball out quick. That's just never been his style. I don't think that's, you know, working well for him. It's not a recipe for success. Then you look at Tom Brady in Tampa. It's spread the ball out, throw the ball downfield, 20 yards downfield, running gun. You're going to turn the ball over a lot. His turnovers are, are substantially higher than ever, right? And you look at Bruce Arian's offense and what they want to do. That's not Tom Brady. He's not a guy. I think if there's one area of Tom Brady's game that has always kind of lacked. I think it's his deep ball game. And, and that's no disrespect to him. I can certainly spin it and, and drop it in a bucket. But I think that's one area where right. that's maybe not the best of his skill set. And they're trying to throw all over teams, send guys vertical, get vertical speed, man one, one-on-one on the outside, and have him kind of you know sit there and, and, and drop a deep when he's a guy who's going to sit back and three steps, get it out quick, and it's all timing. That's not him. And I think they're trying to do that with Cam. I think it's interesting from both sides that both quarterbacks and both systems aren't really fitting well. If that That's makes true. sense?
0: No, it's a hundred percent true. And I, I, it's funny. I every time I think of the Bucks offense, I think of myself playing Madden, where it's like the you know you just you you're like oh this would be great. I'm just gonna throw it deep every time. This is awesome. And then you throw it deep and it gets picked off every time. You're like god, idiot. Like I should just be throwing short passes. What am I doing? Yep. You know. And so, but um, but you know, I think I think what's interesting about it is that you look at. Brady and Belichick from a Brady-Belichick standpoint. And, you know, and again, Brady versus Belichick, the whole thing, blah, blah. Like, we've talked about this. I don't want to go down the road too far on this. But the thing is that I think was inter- is interesting is that what it shows you is that, you know, coaching and talent is so important. Obviously, having talent is 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 number one, right? If you don't have talent, you can't win. But I think coaching is 1A, and you're seeing that in Tampa, who has all the talent in the world, and they stink. And, no, I shouldn't say they stink, but in a big game, every time they've played a big time, no match, buy, no way for them. I don't think they 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 might be a one and done with no buy. I I think so too. I think so too. I mean, could you imagine if they get somehow get the five seed and lose to like Philly in the first? I mean, that would be embarrassing. They won't. They'll probably get the they'll probably get the six seed. I would think because one of the teams in the West will get the five. They'll probably end up with the six seed because they're probably going to lose to to um, to Kansas City this week, and that gives them five losses. So. You look at it and say, okay, if they're a six seed, they play, you know, the third place team, which who knows that's going to be. You know, I don't want to play that game. But the thing is is that what's interesting is that you look at it and say, okay, for for Brady, yeah, they got all the talent in the world down there. That's great, but their coaching stinks. They're just their coaching stinks. And so, yeah, you're going to win some of those games. You're going to win a lot of games because you got talent. But when and, the and big for a guy too, there.
1: not to cut you off, but for a guy like Bruce Arians to to consistently and whatever whatever you do to to get the most out of your players, that's not one way to, to get the most out of Tom Brady is to call him out in front of his uh to the media for a guy who's won one playoff game in his career. Yeah, it's, no, it's and like, that, dude, do you do you still think you're on CBS and you're on TV here, yeah. like?
0: What are you doing, man? It's, it's, it's been gross. repeatedly,
1: and, and hey, I don't blame, uh, Tom Brady, man, you signed up for that, so mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't feel bad for you, but from from Marion's standpoint, it's like, dude, you've won one playoff game your entire career. E- ease up, man. Like, yeah. maybe, you know, you gotta be the, uh, Michael Lombardi says it on his uh, podcast all the time, the head coach is the chief figure-out officer of the team. It's like, you need to figure out your football team, what ways to be successful, Uh, offensively, defensively by week 10, you should know what you have. And they, they don't, they don't know what they have. They don't know their strengths. They don't know how to win big games.
0: Well, I think the other part of it for me too, is that what something really simple for me is it's not, and what people I think are overlooking. Yes. He's talking bad about Brady, but like when you're asked a question, like, can you explain the inconsistencies? And he says, well, when the quarterback plays well, we play well When the quarterback plays bad. We play bad. What are you telling the rest of your team? You're telling the rest of the team. Hey, you guys suck. And if Brady doesn't play well, we stink. And so it's like, you're telling, like, no, that's not what, you, you. it's not all on one player. And that's one of the things that Bill would never do. Bill would never sit there and say, oh, we won today because Tom played great. No, he would never, ever, ever say that. And then at the same time, he would also never say, oh, we lost today because Brady played like shit. Like that's, that's never going to happen because you have, you know, 10 other guys on the field at all times on offense and then 11 guys. And so it's like, you you got to worry about the whole football team. So what are you telling your team if you're saying our success depends on the quarterback play? That's ridiculous. And so anyways, that, that's a whole mess. But I think when you look at, so look down there, they're a mess. When you look up here, they still have the coaching, right? Well, look at the situation that they're in. They're four and six right now. Four times, four times they've had an opportunity to tie or win the game late in the late in the game and have failed. All four times. Offensively. Offensively, so now you look at it and say, okay, if Tom's here or you have a little bit more talent on the offense, even if you win half of those games, you're six and four instead of four and six. And so, you know, yes, the coaching is important, yes, the talent is important, but the fact is is that putting them together and having the having both of them, that's how you become so dominant. That's how the Patriots were dominant for so long because Belichick doesn't play the games; he doesn't play. So like he can only he always so good,
1: good um coaches coach or players win games, coach you know what I mean? And I'm a believer right. in that too. Players right? play, like coaches, coach. You can have the best coach in the world, but if you can't have somebody that can go out and execute your game plan on a week to week basis, well, what right. good is your coaching? And yep. vice versa. If you have an unbelievable player that's unprepared, kind of like what we're seeing with the Bucs and how much talent they have, if you have that, but you don't have the coaching and the structure from the top to bottom. Right. You're going to lose those games, right. right? Like,
0: and that's I think that that's you know it's an interesting case study in the fact that you you know you need both. You really need both to be successful. And of course, you can be more successful in the regular season with just talent. You can absolutely be more successful in the regular season with just talent because you're going to play a lot of crappy teams. But when push comes to shove, and you play a really good team like the Bucks when they have played the Saints, you get you get the floor wax with you. So that's, you know, I, I think it's I think it's interesting. And look, people have always, people have been, you know, is it Brady, is it Belichick, is it this, is it that? I personally, and we've gone, you know, I personally think it's a little bit more, I'd say like 55, 45 Belichick, just because he builds the whole team. But like, you need both. And I think that this year is a great, you know, is a great indicator of that and great proof of that when you look at these two teams.
1: Yeah, for sure. And i and I'd love to look... um, I'd love to look ahead a little bit to what I guess is in the future for them, Uh, for the Patriots, I guess, kind of our kind of wrap-up part of our show. I mean, obviously, want to get a little bit into Arizona, but I think it's an interesting time of year where I'm going to come out and say I think they're done. Sunday was it for me. Um, They needed that game. And I know, like I said earlier, those teams that you're tied with also lost. Uh, But they, they got a tough schedule, man. You got Arizona coming to town, which I don't think they match up well, but it'd be the most Patriots thing ever to go out and win. And, and like right. they did against Baltimore, right? And then you you suck everybody back in. It's like one week you're all out, one week you're all in. Oh, we got a chance. Um, I think it's just a little too little too late for them. Obviously, you go to L.A. Uh, for two, and then you get the three divisional games, um, right. which who knows how that goes. But um, kind of looking ahead, I, I think they'll pick somewhere in between the top. What are they? Twelve now, maybe thirteen to sixteen. Sixteen being very generous. Maybe they win. You know, they finish seven to nine, eight and eight, which I still think is completely possible. That I, I don't think they get you in. But anyways, how can they turn this around? How can we turn this around quick where they're back in? And I, I think it starts with having a more normalized right, like an off season and mini right. camp and getting these guys in. I think from there on, with that much turnover that they had at some key spots, that was obviously going to be an issue. And I think bigger than maybe we had noticed early on in the year, right? Like you have a lot of rookies playing a lot of snaps. You have a new quarterback who signed, who didn't even get on field till August. And there was a weird camp and and, in the whole nine years, not to make excuses, but um, assuming Newton's back next year, I think you got to start linebacker wide receiver early on. I think there's some extreme talent there. You, you don't pick there often. So, so use the pick bill. (laughs) You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Oh, I agree with you. I mean, there's there's a devoid of talent at, at linebacker for sure, and you know there was a guy on Twitter that said you know he had heard that Hightower might be retiring. Now whether that's legit or not, who knows? But if that is the case, and Hightower does retire, then you're really screwed uh, at linebacker next year. And so, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see what happens there. I don't know how legit that is, but we'll see. Um, but you certainly need linebacker help. You certainly need wide receiver help. Now, some of that might come in free agency. You know, I look at a guy like Corey Davis. Um, I would love to see a guy like Corey Davis come here. Get and so Samuel for me, Curtis Samuel. I mean, any of those guys right now, Samuel may have played himself into a contract in Carolina. And so they may be, they may say, yeah, we're keeping this guy, we're keeping this kid around. You're right. And I don't know if they will or not, but they might, they certainly might. Cause he's really, really exploded this year. I think Davis is a guy that struggled for a long time down in Tennessee, and I think you know a little change of scenery may not be a bad thing for them. Uh, they didn't pick up his fifth year option. He's a, he's a first round pick, and so you know I think that there's some things there. Now, he, again, he may resign. With, he may choose to stay down in Tennessee, but if he doesn't, I think that's a great guy to to kind of come in and play here. So we'll see what happens there. I think that you you're going to need some skill and talent at, what, at those two positions. I think are the most important positions on the football field for the Patriots right now. They have a pretty good D line. Okay, there's some issues on the D line that we can talk about, and you know, need some need some. Uh, but that seems to be a whatnot, spot where but...
1: they they'll address free agency wise. I know they got yep. Adam Butler, who is obviously an undrafted free agent who's been multiple success uh, had right. multiple years of success with them. But Lawrence Guy, Danny Shelton, um, you know, Carl Davis this year has kind of stepped in. He's been a pretty big bright spot, somebody kind of under the radar. That seems to be a, a position where they'll they'd rather attack that uh through free agency or kind of somebody else's trash is our treasure type thing. Right. Uh linebacker wide receiver, I think that's a spot you need to get younger and faster at because it it's that's just the game now.
0: Right. I agree and that's and that's 100%. I mean, that's the game is changing in in the fact that you need more speed everywhere. Um and certainly at those two positions. And so we'll see what happens, but but yes, if you're drafting at at 13 14, I want to see them take a guy there. Now, if if you get to thirteen and there's a quarterback, a, one of those top quarterbacks that somehow is still there, well, then you have a decision to make. You have a decision to make. You either draft one of those guys, or you do what what the Browns did, and what the Bills did, and you trade back and you and you pick up a bevy of 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 other draft picks, and someone else moves up into that spot, and you get you know. A later first round draft pick next year, a first round draft pick the year after that, and then something else too. You know, and so and and you and you kind of stockpile some picks. Or you say, you know what? That kid looks pretty good. Maybe we take him, you know. So I don't know. So th- that's gonna be an interesting decision to make too. I'd love to see them, you know, make a move if there's a quarterback in that situation, as opposed to just drafting a, you know, a a linebacker or a wide receiver instead.
1: For sure. And I, but I don't even think that's the best recipe. And I'd love to see a kid come in and kind of mentor under cam. I just think uh, putting a kid in that situation where they're not, they won't be complete offensively. I think there'll still be some personnel problems offensively that'll, that'll kind of carry over into next year, just because I I think there's some issues, there's issues there that are going to take some years to, to kind of fix. Uh, that's really not putting him in the best situation to succeed. But hey, what do I know? I think Josh McDaniels done a good job with quarterbacks. I think they evaluate quarterbacks better than people give them credit for. I mean, look at they drafted Garoppolo, uh, Matt Castle, Brissett, uh, Brady. Right? Like they've done a good yeah. job. And who knows with, with Stidham? I mean, if if he hangs around, great. If not, I'm sure they'll be able to get something for him just from the hype and the, the reputation that they have in that room. So I do trust them to get the right guy. Uh, I just don't know if it'll be this year,
0: right? I agree with you. I, I, the one thing I will say about that, though, is that you know, unfortunately, Joe Barrow, of course, we saw it goes down with an injury. The big difference between a guy like Joe Barrow and a guy, a, a, say, a rookie coming in here and playing is that our offensive line, team. yeah, and that's the thing, you know. So you, you're not going to have to worry about your guy, your kid sitting back to getting killed every every play. So I think that that's a big part of it for the Patriots. Now, of course, you know, we'll talk about injuries in a minute, but you know, with Isaiah Wynn possibly not playing this week, but um. But you know, it, it, I think that you have a good offensive line in place, and yes, of course, like you may not have the talent that you want as far as to throw the football to. But I think that you say, okay, we have a good offensive line; we can build around this kid, and then you go from there. And so, and we'll see. But there's there's a lot of in for a lot of a lot of different ways they can go in the off season. Um, of course, we want to see them bring in a, a bunch of different players, a bunch of different guys on my list. That I want to see them bring in, and of course, you know, we kind of we'll do that. Uh, leading up to the draft is always like my favorite part because it's a favorite just, time of year
1: man especially ah, so this good. year where they're going to have you know a lot of a lot of questions at a lot of spots and yep. be picking a lot earlier than we'd expect so some of those guys that you love there's going to be an opportunity where they're going to be available
0: they draft a kicker in the 5th round again we riot that's all i got to say
1: <laughs> disgusting dude like i don't even know how people can defend that like you know that's a spot where you take specialists not many 5th rounders pan out it's like dude seven wide receivers got taken after that slot and all seven made their 53 man roster or whatever the, t- I came up with a stat. I forget. It was a, it was a few months ago, but this I mean, Dar-
0: darnell Mooney has been K. starting J. J. Hill. Yeah. Um, no, but Darnell Mooney he, has been starting for the bears. He got picked like three picks later. It's just like, come on. Like we had an opportunity to take a, and you know, whatever. Like they, they made a decision. They drafted a guy who was on zero people's radar. They didn't even have film for the kid for Christ's sake. And he stinks. And, and that's, that's a huge one miss for two, them. One
1: of two kickers taken. And it's right. like, yeah,
0: people argue they took Jake Bailey in that spot last year.
1: Great. He panned out. <laughs> you know, right. like, and I don't want to, you know, not every draft pick is going to pan out. But I think last year, he, Nick Folk was always going to be there. You know, I think he right. had more needs than finding your kicker of the future at that spot.
0: Well, I also think, I mean, Jake Bailey is great. Love Jake Bailey. Great player. But, like, did we need to take him in the fifth round? could you have drafted him in the sixth round instead? Like, I don't know. Like, could you draft him in the seventh round? Could you have gotten him undrafted? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to those questions. Right. But like they identified this kid. They thought he was legit. They thought he was a great player. So they drafted him and yes. Okay. The, I know there's three facets of the football game. I get it. But like the kid can't even get off and the kid can't even play. It's like, it's embarrassing. He stinks. And so that's, that's an issue. And not only that, but, Nick Folk has been re- Mr. reliable this
1: really year. Really good. One of their best so, offensive players, most consistent. He really
0: has been, you know, which kind of says a lot about the offense, but but either way, you know, it's it's been so he's been a revelation this year. But either way, it's just whatever. I don't want to get too far because I don't want to complain too much. But um but I, one thing I want to talk about so I want let's get into the Cardinals game, but before we do, one thing I want to talk about about the Texans game and this is one thing that kind of gets overlooked a little bit. Obviously they got the the drive at the end of the game down 7 to have a chance. To win the game and they and they fail on fourth down there with uh, you know, and it looked like what it looked like now was Illuminor had come in at left tackle because Wynn and gotten hurt, and for whatever reason he didn't hear the protection or whatever, and they free rusher comes in from the left and the cam is not it's no no chance. He 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 could have done anything there. Uh he just, it was a miracle he stayed up as long as he did, to be honest with you. Um but I think the previous Patriots drive was the issue for me. They have a 16 play drive that takes up a ridiculous amount of time and you kick a field goal and you just can't, you cannot have a long drive like that and not punch it in. They were down seven at the time. You have a long, long drive. You settle for a field goal. Then they get the ball back. Houston gets the ball back. They drive down the field. Not, not clearly not as long of a drive, but I believe if you if you add the two together, they it was like nine minutes of uh, you know, nine to ten minutes of, of game time, uh, with just those two drives. And now you're looking at it saying, okay, then they kick a field goal, now you're down seven again. So, you know, you imagine on that sixteen play drive, if you score a touchdown there instead of kicking a field goal, now it's tied. So yeah, okay, they drive down and kick a field goal, great. Well, now guess what? Instead of going for it on fourth down, you're kicking a field goal to tie the game, send it overtime. So that to me. Of course, everyone talks about that last drive and, and we referenced it before, you know, when we were talking about it, but to me, the big drive was the drive before where you have a long extended drive, 16 play drive, and you can't, you can't punch it in. And there's a multitude of reasons you didn't do that. People want to, you know, hate on Nikhil Harry for not blocking the guy when he's running a route. I don't know, but it's, you know, either way, things didn't work and you weren't able to punch it in. And so. From an offensive play calling standpoint, you gotta be better. And from an execution standpoint, you gotta be better. But you have to find a way to punch the ball in on a long drive like that. You can't settle for a field goal.
1: Yeah, and I think defensively too, they were they were just outmatched. I think that's a one one instance where we saw a team's speed really expose them, which is interesting because obviously they had played Baltimore the week before. We thought the same thing. You know, you had guys on the outside and Lamar and, and the running backs that you had to worry about out of the backfield that have a lot of speed and didn't know how. And uh, but obviously the weather kind of played into factor of that, right? right. They couldn't roll. Their true offense, but I think Fuller, Cooks, um, and, and I think they lost. They were down two receivers I think, because Cobb yeah. went out, right? Did, did, and did Fuller yeah, Cobb miss and,
0: was it still was it Kenny Stills?
1: Maybe it was Kenny Stills. You're right. Yes, who just got waived today, actually. But yeah, um, it, and I know Belichick talked about it after where they did play a lot of man and did send a lot of rushes at Watson last year and he picked them apart. So they kind of wanted to, you know, drop a different game plan. But I mean, there's got to be a time where you may, they they got torched all game long from the, from the opening kick. I mean, and credit to Deshaun, he was threading some needles fitting the ball into some tight spaces. Um, But yeah, I mean, just from, from the start, man, just lack of execution on both sides of the ball they seemingly just can't play complimentary football. It's been that way all year.
0: Well, and that's so that's the thing. And you talk about defensively. Now they only allowed six points in the second half. But the Texans had four drives in the second half. Four. That was it. They went three and out to start. Patriots went three and out to start the half. Then then the Texans go three and out. Patriots score a touchdown. The next drive, and this is what this is these are the three drives back to back to back that killed them. The Texans kick end up kicking field goal, but eleven plays, six minutes and ten seconds comes off the clock. The Patriots drive, like I talked about, 16 plays, 9.25 comes off the clock, and you kick a field goal to now go down by four. Then the Texans go an eight-play, three-and-a-half-minute drive and kick a field goal. Now they're back up seven. So you look at it and say, okay, you felt good. You scored a touchdown to go down by four. Then from that point on, what, that's 15? That's 19 minutes of game time. 19 minutes of game time where you you're at a negative three right and now you get the ball back and you're like oh crap like we now we have to score a touchdown because the game's almost over and you know that become that's a situation where you look at it and say okay you have to be able to score touchdowns you and then you have to be able to get off the damn football field and not allow the other team to drive the ball down the field And of course they ended up not not allowing touchdown either of those drives but that's almost 10 minutes of game time from the, from those two drives. And so you look at it and say, well, that's, they're killing, you know, a third of the second half and kicking field goals on both those drives. You have to be able to get off the field, especially when you're losing, you're down 11 at the half. So that's something where yes, they didn't allow touchdowns, but not being able to stop them on third down on those drives is really what killed them.
1: Yeah. They couldn't get off the field and, and looking ahead to this week, I love a good wide receiver cornerback matchup. DeAndre Hopkins versus Stephon Gilmore. I mean, awesome. it, who knows how the game will go, but that, that matchup will be awesome. I think yeah. good chance for Gilly to kind of show he's still the depoy boy and, and still an elite corner in this league, which people somehow forget about because he's not superhuman like he was last year. It's almost impossible to repeat that. Right. Um, but it was great watching him and DK Metcalf go about it. Um. And you who know, he did fuller for the most of the game last week, who... If you don't know Will Fuller by now, you're being an idiot because he's a good player in this league. I'm so him himself uh, a game. DeAndre Hopkins, it don't get much better than that. Gilly versus him.
0: Uh, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And, and we'll, you know, we'll, of course, end up seeing what happens. But it's going to be a lot of fun to watch there. We hope, I hope that they kind of have him stuck on a man-to-man all day because, um, you know, it's a great challenge for Gilmore. And, of course, you know, Hopkins is the type of guy where if you leave him alone, even for one play, he can kill you. And I think that that's something that's, you know – that Patriots are going to have to really pay a lot of attention to. Obviously, as everyone knows, Hopkins is, is an absolute monster. And, and again, it comes down to how are you going to play? How are you going to play against Kyler? Right. You know that he can kill you. So how are you going to play against him? Right. Are you going to worry about his feet more than you worry about his arm? I think he's not as good of a passer as Deshaun Watson is, but he's not a bad passer either. So like, you can't just let him sit back there in the pocket and pick you apart. Cause he will. But at the same time, you can't throw a ton of guys at him and let him, break the pocket and now you're screwed and so you know it's really going to be a chess match between you know with Belichick and and well I guess the Belichicks and Mayo you know really trying to stop him defensively and what you're going to do to throw at him I think you got to try to confuse him so you got to look like you're bringing pressure or not and so those are the things that he typically does against those young quarterbacks um and you know we'll just we'll see how it goes you know so but it's going to be uh it's going to be a heck of a matchup and I'm I'm very nervous about it. I mean, you talked about it too. Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm really nervous about this one. Um, but then again, I was just really don't nervous know if about they this.
1: can score. Um, and I think right. the offense at some times last week definitely took some some strides in the right direction. Cam threw a beautiful ball with Demir Bird, and certainly looked to improve as a passer. I think PFF wise, that was his second best game um, throwing the ball of yeah. the season. So. Uh, but I think it, it versus a team like that, it's tough to to compete with them and score with them because they'll get in a shootout all day long, a team like that. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, I mean, look look at the Bills game. Bills game is a perfect example, right? Bills go down and score. Now, of course, I mean you're not going to throw a Hail Mary in every play, but, like, you know, Bills go down and score with no time left, and you think, oh, the game's over, and Kyler chucks it up to Hopkins, and he jumps over three dudes and catches it and comes down with a touchdown. And you're just like, what the hell are you going to do? Like, sometimes talent, elite talent like that, wins out because he's just that much better than everyone else, you know? And so... It, it's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch. We'll see what happens. But again, I've been wrong every week. I've been wrong. I've been wrong with the Patriots every season. all
1: year long since pre- it's unbelievable. Since preseason. Since every time draft, I was like everything, everything <laughs> I've been
0: wrong about everything with the Patriots this year. Every time I was like, Oh, they, they're going to win this week. They lose no chance. They're going to win this week. They win. And it's like, okay, I, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Like I just, they just, they surprised the hell out of me every week. So it wouldn't surprise me to see them win this week. It also wouldn't be surprising me to see them lose by 30 this week. I have no idea. So. You know, we'll we'll see what happens, but they're at home. Not that that matters because there's no one there. But, um, but they are at home this week, and it is that you know that West Coast trip, the one o'clock, that one o'clock West Coast trip. So, you know, who knows? Maybe that maybe that kind of benefits the Patriots a little bit, um, a little bit there. But, uh, but man, it, it's tough to see them winning this matchup against Arizona. I just don't see. I don't see on paper and even watching film where they match up well against Arizona, where you're like, oh. They should win that matchup, and that can help them win the game. I I don't see it anywhere.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they match up versus a kid. And I love watching Kyler Murray; I always have since college. So, an opportunity to see him and, yeah, um, you know, see how Bill and and, and his staff kind of schemes things up to kind of at least try to slow him down. Uh, but yeah, it should be interesting. And I guess one week at a time, man. That's just one how that's you it. You know, one well,
0: two. You got to think about it, right? Call Davis, who you mentioned he he's out with a well, probably out with a concussion. He's been out for a few yeah, days. I don't think he's playing. Adam Butler looks like he's not going to play, and Isaiah Wynn looks like he's not going to play either. So, you got a bunch of guys out that you need, and so that's going to be that's going to be challenging. Um, and so, there's, you know, a lot of question marks going into the game. But again, they win, the, and and this is we talk about the path to the playoffs. You lose if you lose on Sunday. You talk about being over; it's over. You lose. Oh, on over. Yeah, you because fall, you keep, you know seven, four you and seven, and... and at that point you have to win out. And I don't see how. By the way, you talk about the Rams. The Rams, I don't know if you saw this. I don't know. And the Rams are playing Patriots McVay, like defense this year.
1: Thirty-two and zero at halftime when
0: leading that one. No, no, no. The 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 Rams. That's a ridiculous stat, though. Yeah, the the Rams uh, have intercepted more deep passes than they've allowed completions. <laughs> so it's like it's like if you throw the ball deep on them which the Patriots don't throw the ball deep much, so I guess that's not a bad thing, although Cam's been doing well throwing it deep. But if you throw the ball deep on the Rams, it's not going to end well for you most times. Uh, and so, yeah, they've intercepted more deep passes than they've allowed reception. So it's just, they've been lights out this year defensively, and I think that that's, you know, that's a team that they're really going to struggle with. They could win this week. They could. It's possible. I don't know I don't know if I see it, but they could. The Rams game, I look at it and I'm like, ah. I mean, I know McVay, Belichick, coach circles around him in the Super Bowl, I get it. But, like, no, this, it's a this talent. is not that same team. That's it. It's yeah. not that this isn't the same team. So so we'll see. But either way, listen, even if they lose, right? Even if they lose, they go to four and seven, like it's not over yet. People like I I, I get it. And Spags, like, you're you're so young, you don't even remember. But like back in the days, boys and girls, like uh, in nineteen ninety three, so ninety two, when I first became a football fan, ninety two, they went two and fourteen. In 92, they won the coin toss against, against the uh, Seahawks. And so they got the number one pick CS got the number two pick. They drafted blood. Zone in 93, I got made fun of in 1992 for wearing Patriots. No, not, not uh, 1995. I got made fun of for wearing Patriots after school. I, I mean, like people will be like, we're a fan of the Patriots. Well, the, the Patriots suck. And I'm like, you know, the hometown team, what do you mean? They suck. Like we, but like, the nobody types of people. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. f- for sure. But like, yeah. But, you know, for years, they were irrelevant. They were the fourth team by a mile. Nobody cared about them. And they have vaulted to number one, right? They've blew past everyone. They're, you know, far and away the most loved team, you know, in the city. And I think part of that is obviously the winning and everything else. But, like, don't leave. Don't just say, oh, they suck. Like, one year. Like, it's one year. It's Considering wondering. the
1: circumstances, too, you can always blame that. Right, and that's the to. other part
0: of it, too. What if they come back next year and they look significantly better? They win the AFC. Like, who knows? Like, I just, I would count possible, out. Of, by the way.
1: Entirely And that's
0: possible. it. You know, I wouldn't count out a team that, that's coached by Bill Belichick that, you know, they're going to try to build up the offense again. They're going to have a ton of cap room. They're going to bring guys in. So, you know, we're going to see what happens. But I think that, you know, I think that this team, look, They may not be competing this year, and that's okay. It's one down year, right? We get to three, four, five years out. Okay, now come talk to me about how you're upset and you can't believe it and you're disgusted and everything. Okay, it's one bad year. Like it's one. And and you talk about even like even the best franchises, the Ravens, the Steelers, the you know the Saints, all these. They all have years like this. The Patriots just never had one since 2001. So like it just is what it is. I mean, I I always say I say to people all the time. They have not, since 2001, there has never been a team in the AFCs finished with a better record than them. Never. Now, they haven't won the division in two of those years, but it was, it was because of tiebreakers, they still finished with the best record in the division, and they didn't make the playoffs because of a tiebreaker. But no one in the AFC East has had a better record than them since 2001. Crazy. Now, of course, it's not going to happen this year, but, like, that's the type of stuff where that's unprecedented. That doesn't happen. And so, like, yeah, we're coming back to earth this year. It's okay. Just wait for the rebuild. Let's see what happens because you're going to look awfully stupid if you're sitting there talking about how much the Patriots suck and how terrible Belichick is. And next year they go eleven and five and they're back in the AFC Championship. Amen. So, anyways, had to get that off my chest. But <laughs> hope uh, I hope everyone a great holiday weekend. Um, you know, and uh, and enjoy just enjoy chilling. Hang yeah, on the couch. I'm doing that. I'm going to hang up with easy you weekend
1: and just chill. I'm going to go lay down.
0: That's it. Have a nice easy weekend. Relax. You know, and uh, enjoy enjoy the football on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Although they did just say the Thursday night game next week, Thursday night game because it's supposed to be Baltimore. Baltimore supposed to play on Thursday, so they yeah, that's moved right versus
1: uh, Houston or Dallas.
0: Uh, Dallas, yeah, Dallas. that's right. Yep. So they moved the Thursday night game. However, good news. It's now a Monday night doubleheader. So next Monday, oh, you got a doubleheader. Keep, so, I mean, keep
1: like, ripping COVID around the league, everybody. Let's go! I
0: love this. You so, a Tuesday <laughs> night game, and then next week, a Monday night doubleheader. So, I mean, you know, no Thursday night football, but that's okay. So anyways, guys, thanks for listening. We appreciate it, and uh, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, guys?